Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you might be joining us today. Welcome back to DDP Podcast. Um, once again, another wonderful segment we have for today. Joining me today is Mr. Jacob Stenstall, who has insisted that I only call him Jacob throughout the entire episode. I'm so excited to have a conversation with you today. He's the deputy head of the Mission of Denmark um, and here at the Royal Danish Embassy. And the embassy also covers Denmark's bilateral relations with Angola, Botswana, Eswatini, Lesotho, Mozambique, Namibia, Zambia, and Zimbabwe. Uh, Jacob has previously held the positions of political and press advisor and invest in Denmark and senior advisor on what you this one is it national the Maastricht region yes okay <laughs> whatever that is <laughs> in the middle east and north african department in copenhagen he was also previously posted as a special advisor on development and trade to the danish embassy in Qatar, indonesia and has been working with the danish embassy and deepening democracy program in uganda uh, jacob holds a master's in political sciences from the university of Oh, oh, university. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he is married and has three wonderful children. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you very much, Jan, thank you for coming to the Royal Danish Embassy. I'm doing great. I'm very excited for this podcast. So, uh, yeah, thank you for coming. Awesome. Um, just for a quick contextualization, the 2024 elections are coming up. And the, sorry, I'm jumping right into the the meat of things. <laughs> um, the 2024 elections are coming up and uh, for the first time in a really long time, I think the South African environment um, leading up to the 2024 elections um, is feeling mobilized long before um, you know 2024 actually arrives. One thinks that the political campaigns only start in 2023, but the different pressures that South Africans have been going through, especially since the pandemic, have been placing people in positions where they're like, we need an election now and today, and it must happen immediately. It's like 2024 cannot wait to come here, right? Um, and a big speculation that a lot of political analysts have and projections that they have is that it is unlikely that the 2024 elections for the ANC government um, will have them gaining their usual 50% majority. If anything, all the projections and the polls are showing that they will be scoring uh, just about 48% um, in terms of the votes for 2024, which inevitably will be leading the country into moving towards a coalition state. Um, what are your views on that? Do you agree with the projections in the capacity that you're allowed to obviously speak about this particular context? Oh, thank you, Janke, and thank you for for that question. I think you know it's interesting also to note that that uh, the electorate in Denmark also between elections sometimes sort of requests that uh, elections are, are being called for. So it's not only in South Africa that there's this very active uh, electorate anticipating the next election uh, that will take place in 2024 in South Africa. So, so Denmark, just by way of background, really, um, has a long tradition uh, with coalition mm. governance. Um, and that is a result of the fact that we have a proportional representation electoral system, a PR system, very similar to the one we have in South Africa. And the sort of usual outcome of a PR system is that you will have 
uh, a number of political parties represented in your parliament, and none of them would normally uh, be able to 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 mobilize more than fifty percent of the votes. Um, so in Denmark, we've had that system for uh, more than a hundred years, and uh, for more than a hundred years, we haven't had a single party with an absolute majority in parliament, mm-hmm. and therefore we have a very, very long tradition and history of working um, with political coalitions and sort of in a multi party space uh, and making uh, things happen despite that that the parties have different uh, positions opinions um in south africa of course south africa has been experiencing what 28 years now of uh, of democracy that have been a bit different from we normally what you normally see in a pr system in the sense that we have had one political party dnc having an absolute majority throughout the democratic area of, of South Africa. Whether that will be changing in 2024, well, it's difficult to predict. Um, we don't know. But uh, of course, um, we are very keen from our side, the Danish embassy side and the Danish government side, to share some of our experiences and lessons learned, both mm-hmm. the positive and the negative, in order for South Africa to prepare uh, for the day that uh, coalitions are a reality. and. Uh, at least at national level, but we also see that already at, at local level, at municipal level, I think 66 councils are being uh, run through a coalition setup. Uh, our main notion from the Danish embassy side is not that it's a question of whether you like coalitions or not. Uh, and we see that very much in the public discourse in South Africa. Mm-hmm. That is the question that's being asked and, and, and for good reason, a lot of of people uh, and part of the electorate is expressing some negative views towards coalitions because they've seen the challenges uh, and the instability that coalitions have have led to in in a certain number of uh, municipalities. To us, the question is really, you know, how can we make coalitions work for the benefit of the people and for the benefit of of public service delivery? And that's really what we are very keen to, to, to sort of engage in from our side. Mm. I'm glad that you just touched on um, the uncertainties that people have with coalition governments. I think it's understandable from the South African perspective where your status quo for the past 28 years has been one majority party having um, basically the ruling of the state, etc. But I think that the discontent, particularly from the South African perspective of coalition governments, um, has been the experiences that we've had with coalition governments on the local government level have people feeling as though how can we expect it to be uh, heard at a national level when it's already, so to speak, being screwed up at a local uh, government level. And um, particularly because the local government level is the one that technically deals directly with the people. Um, unlike, you know, the executives on the other end. Um, and so that produces that sense of there will be some sort of um, lack of peace and instability that comes with coalition governments. Um, do you think that that is a true statement? Um, or do you think that peace and stability can be achieved within local um, governments? So um, I definitely think that, that peace and stability can be achieved. Um, but I also think it's fair to say that the, the first experiences with coalition governance in, in South Africa has proven to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so coalition governance 
it's not something you just do yeah. from one day to the other. It's it's in a way it's a, it's an art really, a political art in terms of building a culture where political parties work together in a constructive way, based on certain principles or norms, either written or unwritten. Uh, and that takes time to develop. Um, and that's also why you, the more you engage and the more we can from our side, the Danish embassy side, can engage in this mm -hmm. public discussion and share some of our experiences, the higher the chances are that this culture will, will develop. Um, coalition governments, uh, coalition governance comes with some very uh, clear advantages uh, in its best form, at least because it brings uh, along with it a higher degree of accountability mm -hmm. in the sense that you have more political parties represented in a governance yeah. structure that can hold each other accountable. There'll be more eyes on the purse um, and you will have to, to sort of make sure that you, 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 you govern in a, in a way where all the political parties in the coalition can, can sort of see themselves in that. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other thing is, of course, you also have uh, a higher degree of representation because you have political parties rep representing different segments of society in this co coalition structure. So sort of from an electorate perspective, you will have a higher uh, degree of, of a representation of a broader spectrum of your, 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 your populace or your electorate. And that's a very strong... Uh, advantages uh, in a democracy and also for uh, also for uh, for bringing about good governance. Yeah. Mm. Um, I just want to take this conversation then on a macro level. Given the fact that our world outside of politics um, is continuously becoming more and more polarized, it is a situation of you're either this or you are that. And if you are this, you cannot be that. If you are that, you cannot be this. Um, I was in a conversation uh, recently with uh, Dr. Jackie Sibios and um, with the uh, African Institute of Security Affairs and their different projections that they made. They made this wonderful graph of showing the different scenarios of somewhat of a sustainable world, a world that uh, has got stagnant growth, a world that is super polarized, and a world that goes through war. Um, does coalition governments, particularly in the world of polarization, because projections within that is that the more the world becomes polarized, the easier it is for populist groups to rise up and come through. Um, do you think that just in general, coalition states have got the ability to um, deal with with the continued polarization and its effects that can come thereof, including populism. So again, a very good question. Um, I'll say I'll answer the question from the the basis that I am a deliberate optimist. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll I'll look at it sort of from a, from that lens, really, yeah. because of course you would probably also be able to make the the the, the opposite argument that what I'm going to make that of course it will just create more chaos mm -hmm. and, and, and discord uh, in society. But if we apply the optimistic view on this, which I actually also personally believe in, mm -hmm. then coalition government has the potential to create more social cohesion in a society. Mm -hmm. Because 
the political parties at the highest level would have to come together. They would have to compromise. They would have to find a common interest and national interest in many ways and would have to work together. And if you are working in a coalition setup, you cannot defect, you cannot break the trust of the other political parties because then you're not considered reliable and then you'll not be included in that, that coalition. So, so some of these principles that should form the basis of coalition governance can also hopefully uh, materialize in a higher degree of, yeah. of, of social cohesion. So, um, it's Denmark is a very uh, monoethnic uh, society. It's it's very different from South Africa in that sense, uh, and we have to recognize that you cannot just transfer our experiences to, yeah, to South yeah. Africa, but some of them you can translate at least. Um, and um, and one of the things you can hopefully translate is that that party politics. Uh, cannot be based on sort of enemy pictures or an animosity. Yeah. Of course, you will have that in campaigns where, where the political parties try to sort of distinguish themselves from each other. Mm-hmm. But once the electorate has spoken, once you sit down in parliament, you have to work for the better of the country. Mm-hmm. And that is only by engaging in constructive dialogue across the, the political spectrum mm-hmm. and find a common ground where you can have a majority of, 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 of MPs voting for that that particular position. And that hasn't been necessary really in South Africa for the past no. 28 years because you have, again, uh, one political party with an absolute majority. So a lot of the things that are sort of leading to, to the to legislation and final uh, uh, political decisions is processes going on within a political party, but not no. across a political yeah. party spectrum. So bring it more out in the open, across the political parties, they can disagree in the open, but that creates also um, an interaction that could could uh, potentially be be beneficial to, to South Africa's cohesion. Mm-hmm. No, I think um, what you're speaking to is, if we go back to like political philosophy, is the idea of plurality within multiculturalistic societies. Um, because it's been proven in true and tested that you cannot force um, some sense of assimilation or you cannot force um, nations to only uh, have the perspective of one body. There will always be one that will want their own recognition, etc. That's like identity politics stuff on the side. Um, but at the core of plurality politics is the idea of understanding that there are differences but moving past those differences to find what you're saying now, most common interests. Um, and ironically, that is the healthiest form of democracy. Um, for some reason, I feel like the world is moving towards thinking that democracy has to have some sense of homogeneity and people only thinking um, in one way or another, as I've mentioned, when in fact a healthy democracy is one that is um, creating a safe space for compromise, for difference, for uh, conflict sometimes. Um, and it's very important then for political parties and even potentially um, independent candidates with the new uh, electoral reform acts that have been passed through to come to that common ground. But again, 
you're the optimist, maybe I'm the pessimist over here. Um, in order to get to that common ground, particularly here in South Africa, how do we get there when the starting base um, before we can even reach accountability is this minefield of corruption that has people not even believing that democracy is a system worth fighting for and risks the undermining of whatever government might come through in 2024. So um, I, I didn't do too well in my university studies on the history of ideas and philosophy. So uh, I'm more of a practical person. So I have some limitations in terms of answering that question. But what I will say is, though, that um, that what needs to, you know, what is important in a multi-party system is the trust between the the key actors so that is yeah. the trust between the political parties and the leaders of the political parties uh, and what i'll say to that is that um the danish embassy together with the Un university of cape town hosted a study tour uh, to denmark uh, some three months ago uh, where we had the privilege of having eight of uh, the biggest uh, political parties in south africa uh, participating uh, some very prominent politicians. Um, and uh, what we experienced during the visit, besides the fact that they re were really sort of constructively engaged in discussions with the Danish counterparts, yeah. was also how they how they interacted together in the group uh, in Denmark across the eight political parties, uh, and how they had a genuine sort of uh, interest in in understanding each other's political mm -hmm. positions. And and that's definitely what what needs to to, yeah. to take you know we need to have more of I believe in 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 South Africa as well that that interaction across the political spectrum between key figures that that can then build trust uh, a personal trust relation that is such a strong force in in any type of of uh, of of governance and and knitting knitting a, a governance coalition together. Mm -hmm. I think um, then just my last question, now this is maybe your role um, as the work that you guys are doing here in the embassy. Um, what role does coalition governance play when it comes to foreign affairs and engaging with foreign uh, policy? Um, that's, a, that's a very good question. Um, It doesn't play a, an individual or sort of discernible role, I would say. But of course, it depends on the, the it's a case by case yeah. uh, scenario, really, uh, depending what are the, uh, the, the dynamics in a uh, political party coalition structure and stuff like that. Um, but again, uh, it plays at least a sort of role for us as, as Denmark in South Africa, mm. that we, we've have, we have the experience with coalition governments at national, at regional and at local level. Mm. And, uh, and, and if we can in any way offer any, um, valuable inputs to the process that South Africa is, uh, going through 
easiest, then we would be very honored and, and very happy to share that. And of course, we recognize that we are, you know, we are, we're basically a guest in this country and there are some very, you know, every, all the dynamics are working uh, independently of yeah. what, what we do as a, as a small uh, player. But, but if we can somehow, uh, stimulate discussions or, or inspire, uh, the uh, the political uh, arena with some of our experiences, then that would be great. Mm. Oh, Jack, thank you so much then for this stimulating discussion. I I really enjoyed it, and uh, I enjoyed your insight um, on this particular conversation. I think, um, yeah, for some reason, when you read media, coalition sounds like the scary word, and um, almost the sense of doom um, that uh, you know is going to come for our country but um, just on the optimistic note I do think that um, our democracy is healthy even though it has its little weaknesses at the moment um, it is healthy in ensuring that that transition should it be a coalition um, government state at least we know that our constitution protects that type of um, formation for us to actually happen but I think you're absolutely right on the importance of um, trust building um, from within the political parties themselves but also in terms of what they do on, on the ground and um, for people to see the fruition of it uh, let's just hope maybe we'll have those political parties listening to this podcast yeah and if you can just pick on what you say there uh, that's that might be the last point but 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 trust between the political yeah. parties was something I alluded to but of course as a political party, you also need to build trust to the yeah, people, to yeah, the constituencies and the people. Uh, and you, the best way to build trust is to, to, uh, deliver on your promises yeah. and, uh, and, and, you know, um, make sure that the public service uh, works and public service delivery mm-hmm. uh, is reaching the people. Um, and again, that, that, that is, that is a very, natural platform for political yeah. parties to come together and say, okay, how do we make the different services work? We are in this together mm-hmm. and then sort of form a, 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 a joint alliance uh, or mm-hmm. a joint coalition working towards that objective, because that should be the basis when we come together and say, okay, how can we improve the country? How can we improve the social service delivery to the people? And of course, there'll be different suggestions in terms of how you do it. Yeah. But if you always have that end goal in in inside, then uh, then that's a good start at least. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, being true to what it means to be a public servant as well, exactly. I think actually makes it work. Jacob, thank you so much for this conversation. Um, and to our DDP listeners, thank you so much for tuning in for this one as well. We really do appreciate it. Um, with that being said, I think I'll see you guys again in our next uh, podcast. Uh, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Anka.